this is Loshing. And Gigi. Welcome to Slice Street, a space where we recreate our post-meal conversations with guests, discussing life, dreams, failures, and sharing stories. Yeah, just like we do after sharing a meal with friends in the comfort of our home. So hope you enjoy listening in to our conversations with our guests. What's up, Slice Fruit fam? This is Lord Shing. How's everyone doing? How was uh, everyone's holidays? There's Christmas and New Year's. Um, me and Gigi, we spent our Christmas in Vancouver, Canada. Um, we spent time with our extended family. We attempted to make an igloo. Um, yeah, all good things. Uh, for today's episode, this is our first episode of 20. Um, and we have my friend Maria Wong to talk about the unlikely story of how she, a mother of two and a college professor, became a fan of BTS, a global superpower boy band from South Korea. So sit tight and hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, well, hey everyone, we have Maria Wong in the studio. What, what? Is it, cool? actually question, is it Wong or is it Wang? I introduced myself as Maria Sue Wang, but technically I think if you were to do the accurate Chinese pronunciation, I think it's Wong, <laughs> but I just introduced myself as Wang because, you know, I took on the last name of my husband and he, mm-hmm he uses wang so yeah yeah so wang <laughs> maria sue wang there we go that's the official pronunciations <laughs> you heard it here um okay <laughs> well um <clears throat> i know maria um well we actually we know each other from church mutual friends she's friends with my roommate um yes. so we actually met each other a while ago i want to say almost three years mm-hmm. um for uh, my roommate's birthday so i kind of knew who you were um, but we didn't have a lot of interaction with church and then the pandemic happened. And then, um, then during the pandemic, I discovered BTS and was really fascinated by their music, by their fandom, by the power of their music. And so I got into their music. And then at the same time, I think, cause my roommate was telling me that, Hey, you know, Maria is also into <laughs> BTS as well. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Um, because, um, when you, when you think of Maria, you don't think of that as an average, like your typical BTS fan, nor did I was, I thought I was a typical BTS <laughs> fan either, but I thought that was really fascinating. And so, um, we, we know each other from church, but we definitely share a love for BTS so much so that, um, we we are part of our church's little BTS club in some sense, and Maria. Even though uh, even though I'm leaning with a friend, we we basically joke and say Maria is basically the leader, She's the, the driver you know, of this. The club. funny thing is, when I found out that there was like a BTS interest group at our church, mm-hmm. so many people came up to me and were like, "So are you going to join?" And I was like, uh, "I guess so." And so many people were like you should go like you should definitely go and i was like wow this is like my reputation at church for being like a bts super fan basically yes yes and it's great it's great so good 
Uh, but yeah, that's how I know Maria. Maria, why don't you uh, give us a brief introduction, you know, where you're from, uh, what, what you're doing right now, uh, what else do you do beyond just BTS? Okay. Um, so I was born in Taiwan, moved to the States when I was two, so quite young. Mm. Um, and I, our family actually moved to um, Pennsylvania. So I lived in Pennsylvania for all the way through junior high. And then we moved to California and I've, um, been in California ever since. Um, I am an English professor. So I teach English literature at Biola university, which is a Christian university in the OC. Um, I'm also married. Uh, my husband Byron and I will be married on Monday, we're celebrating oh, wow. our 18th wedding anniversaries. Wow, congratulations. So we've been married for a long time. Um, and we have two kids, so I'm also a mom. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. So I guess those are the main things about me. Um, I like to run. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, I like to run and exercise. Uh, before the pandemic, I ran the Pasadena Half Marathon. Um, it was my third half marathon. Wow. Um, I love K-dramas, uh, <laughs> as I was mentioning. I like pretty much most of the entertainment I watch, I would say, would be East Asian. So I watch a lot of K-dramas and Chinese dramas. Mm. Um, but getting into BTS was my first time really getting into like K-pop, for example. Got it. Well, that's a great transition because... Um, I think your journey into K-pop and BTS is really fascinating. So everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their story. But what drew you in to BTS? Um, you know, I was aware of them, I think, because or maybe I I'll think stop, I'll... I'll stop you there, actually. Maybe okay. for people who are not aware of what BTS, maybe okay. what is BTS? And then you can share us your story. <laughs> okay. What is BTS? What is BTS? I know. <laughs> um, so BTS is a pop group a south korean pop group made up of seven um, members who are male i refrain from using k-pop because i don't know if k-pop actually even adequately captures them anymore i think you could describe them as k-pop insofar as they're a band from south korea but i think they really kind of have um transcended that label they're basically a global pop group and are popular right. all over the world um and their music is basically like pop music, but it's very, like, very diverse, different genres. So the their early stuff is like a lot of like hip hop, but then I think it has like transitioned a bit to all sorts of other, I don't know how else to describe, but like pop music, I guess, that you would hear um, on the radio. Um, so yeah, that's BTS. And I love them. <laughs> what drew you in? Like, how did you get into them? Um, so I was kind of aware of them, their existence in terms of their name. I think like, you know, sometimes when you read entertainment news or something like I'd see a headline, like, so I saw headlines like prior to when I got into them, like, oh, they performed at the AMAs or, you know, or they were at the billboard. So I like saw a picture, for example, but I think it just didn't register in my consciousness Again, like I watch a lot of K-dramas all the time and I've been watching K-dramas for a really long time, but I just never got into the music side of Korean entertainment. And then what happened was um, during their promotion for their album, Map of the Soul 7, so this was like f January and February, 2020, which is like right before the pandemic, they did a performance um, 
I think it was with Jimmy Fallon at Grand Central Terminal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or Grand. Okay. So I saw that Grand Terminal Central. I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Anyways, my friend posted that performance and I saw her post it on Facebook and I asked her a question and because I was genuinely curious because she posted something along the lines of like, even if you aren't a fan, you, you have to admit like, that their performances are amazing. So I watched the performance and I thought their dancing and everything was amazing, but I, I just didn't quite understand why they were so popular. So I asked her a question and I said, I'm genuinely curious. Like, I'm, I don't mean this like in a disparaging way, but like, why are they so popular? And she told me to watch this um, episode on Netflix. I think it's called Unwrapped or Explained. I can't remember, but basically it was a series. And she says like, watch this episode of, explained on netflix k-pop explained so i watched it and it was like you know 20 30 minutes and it basically like gave you a history of k-pop and kind of situated bts in it and like explained why they were different so that kind of piqued my interest and then they did a like a segment on james corden's carpool karaoke and after i watched that i was like oh they're really funny and entertaining and that's what got me started so after watching that then i started watching their music videos and their dance practice videos and i was just so fascinated by i guess just the level of excellence Mm -hmm. like that i saw that was one thing from watching the dance practice videos like if you start watching the dance practice videos i was just blown away like like, oh, this is dance practice, but it was so like sharp and precise. Um, and then I started watching their music videos and um, Spring Day, which is my favorite BTS song. I watched that music video and I was just blown away by the aesthetics. First of all, just the feel of it, the way that the the movie is kind of music video is like the cinematography, like it, the colors, right? They had this I don't know how to, it, kind of a nostalgic kind of feel to it. And the lyrics were beautiful and it had so many like literary references and allusions. So I think I watched the music video and I was like, huh, it completely like went against my, I guess, stereotype of what I thought a boy band was. Cause I was thinking like in sync and I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, Justin Timberlake or you know yeah exactly like and there's nothing like wrong with those but I I just thought it's like oh it's just like popular and fun I I think I was surprised at the the depth of Mm, the lyrics and the complexity of the imagery and then and then as I read more about Spring Day and like people were, were like theorizing that it's actually about this incident in like uh some kind of new like the fairy disaster so I, I think I was pleasantly dis- surprised to discover there were so many layers to their music. Mm-hmm. So from the lyrics to the sound itself, to the visual aspect, um, to like just the way that it was alluding to other art forms. Um, and, you know, I'm an English professor, so I teach literature and I teach literary analysis. So it, it was like, I couldn't help myself. Like, oh, there's a lot to like do. There's a lot to do here. There's a lot to like unpack. And so I was really intrigued. And then, so then I just started watching like lots of videos, like, and they have so much content online. So, but I started with the dance practices and the music videos. Like I watched all the, all of those. 
And then you discover, oh, there's even more. <laughs> uh, then I start watching like, you know, their docu their docuseries, their travel series, run BTS, right? Yeah. So it just kind of kept going on from there. It, it's, it's a true rabbit hole, a true yes. Um, I love that. I love that how it started with the performance, which is what they're really known for. Mm -hmm. um, but it actually kind of like what you said, like pleasantly surprised where it actually hits home to like what you are, what your work is, what your training is. And it kind of matches even to that sense of like, of how it relates to you personally. And it's, I think that's, it's true for a lot of people that are, get into BTS is maybe they get drawn in from something, from a video, from a performance, but then they get to see how it actually relates to them personally, whether mm -hmm. that's like a story or even like something, a skill that you have, like being able to analyze a uh, literature or, you know, draw from different art forms. So it's a kind of fun. Like every fan has a different story, but it's all very similar. Whereas something about, this um music or this create you know their cre uh, creations um expresses something that that people feel as well can you share i have a question you mentioned spring day um can you share like do you have like a particular line or a lyric that's your favorite um let me look it up i mean i so this is also the thing that kind of surprised me like i started reading so many of their lyrics and you know mm. i done that before um and so i would like read their um yeah i would read their lyrics and compare translations so there was like a real i guess like intellectual um mm. but i i don't want to overemphasize the kind of intellectual pleasure of like being a fan because mm. I, I think that is important but that wasn't it I guess like or, or that wasn't the only thing sure um but sorry I'm let me see the lyrics <laughs> I think I just loved how I was talking like the best way I could describe it was I just thought this was such a beautiful song because one of the things I love about BTS's music is it's very um the way that there's a sadness like the way that sadness and hope mm. can coexist yeah. in their mm. music i think is really beautiful like um it's melancholy but it's never despairing right yeah. like the sadness is still tinged with hope yeah and even in the beauty it's tinged with sadness and i it's very paradoxical. And I think that's the kind of art that I actually am personally the most drawn towards because mm -hmm. I think that it's actually the most realistic, right? Yeah, that totally. there's beauty in pain and sadness, but even in the most joyous and beautiful moments, there can be the shadow of, of sadness, right? And, and I feel like that captures life so well. And I feel like they do it really well. Like I think of another recent song, Blue and Gray, mm. which kind of captures like loneliness and pain, but it doesn't, um, I think I said this to someone before, it doesn't aestheticize the pain, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like some songs, they like aestheticize the pain so that it becomes kind of distant. Mm. But with BTS, they 
for some reason, like when you listen to the music, it doesn't become aestheticized or sublimated. It's able to retain the rawness mm -hmm. of the feeling. I see what you're saying. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, okay, it, it, it's instead of, um, I like what you're saying about distance because we can, when, I mean, how I'm interpreting when you're saying aestheticized pain, it's like more of, um, it, it, it's like something out of, like, a, like, um, something that you can that's not personable like when you yeah because pain is very personable like yeah grief and, and and struggle and suffering is something very um and it's very vulnerable like when you yeah that. and so when we i i totally agree like i i just feel like their song can retain the the rawness and intimacy of the feeling but without i'm trying to think of like the best way of describing it like what I mean by aestheticizing it is, is not turn it into an object that you're kind of exploiting for a certain mm. effect. I think yeah, that's what I, I'm I, trying I, to I, say. Yeah, that's right. That. And, and so, and I think that's really hard to do. So hard. Right. It's very hard to do. And they're able to always like balance that line. And I think, so like I mentioned before, there, there's like an intense, like intellectual pleasure of engaging with their music, but at the same time, like on a personal level, so that time when I was getting into their music at the end of uh, February 2020 is right before the pandemic, like I'm in my I'm almost in my mid 40s. So I have already I was like going through some like serious midlife reflection mm. and their music, I felt like was like articulating a lot of things that. I felt, but didn't know that I felt. And it's these paradoxical feelings, right? Like a sense of like, and especially the, the series of albums that I actually liked the most or that really drew me in was their HYYH era, the most beautiful moment in life. Like mm. the way they capture youth and like, it just made me really reflect a lot on my own youth and my mm. own twenties and, um, yeah, I, I just felt like I just loved how they were reflecting on themes of identity and loneliness and yeah. dreams and, you know, and what is the meaning of, you know, living um, a fulfilling life, right? Like, what does success look like? All these things, which don't, you know, I mean, these are things you're wondering about when you're young, but it doesn't go away when you get to my age. And <laughs> Um, and so I just felt their emotional resonance, like reading their lyrics, listening to their music felt so resonant and healing and comforting because it's like they were echoing things that I was thinking mm. about already. Yeah. Man, I think that is the power of art. Yes. Um, yeah. And the power of good storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I think with for BTS of how big of a platform and stage they have it's like pretty powerful that they can speak those messages and for it to resonate like globally and i feel like i'm like i'm not alone like in some sense i feel like my story about talking about how their lyrics resonated and all those things like there's so many other fans that you meet and they say you know kind of like a a similar version of this of like reading their music uh, reading their lyrics hearing their music and just feeling that kind of emotional um relatability i think right, is right. is what a big reason why they're so powerful and so popular
Yeah, I wanted to uh, ask a question. You kind of mentioned it, like for you discovering them in your mid 40s. So actually, when I got for a little context for me, when I got into BTS, I think one of the biggest things that I was really fascinated by was their fans and the power mm -hmm. of their fans. And so in 20, 2020 fall, I got into them. And in, I think in the, the same time period, um, you probably already know this. I'm just saying this to our listeners, honestly. Uh, but there was this, I think it's a nonprofit. Anyways, it's a group of people called the BTS Army Census. They actually polled mm -hmm. 400,000 people all across the world to see, like, who is this fan group, which is called ARMY, by the way. Or like, who is in this fan group? So they found 400,000 people and they had all this data. If you want to go look online, it's called- I filled it out. I filled out the census. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I did too. Um, and it's really fascinating, the, the data, the information and the demographics, you know, like which countries are represented, how old, profession, education level, female, male, and a lot of like really interesting data. Um, so- while the majority in terms of age group the majority of, of the fandom are under i think under 30 years of age i think it's almost like 85 percent or something like that maybe 90 but there is a pretty strong and like very present um quote-unquote older population of fans so i i'm curious to hear like you kind of already alluded your experience listening in in, in your in, in kind of that mid not midlife, but the reflection period. But how would you describe experiencing BTS like as a mother, as an older than average fan, um, influences your appreciation of the band that might differ from the majority of the fandom? That's a really good question. I mean, I think... And I mentioned this earlier, I think when I read their lyrics, and, you know, and obviously they're speaking from the perspective of 20 something year olds, right? Mid twenties. Um, and for some of them, even younger, it's interesting to me that those questions that they're talking about, um, like the, there are similar questions that I still ask myself, mm. you know, like the questions don't necessarily go away. Um, because of your age or your life stage questions about like, am I living a meaningful life, you know, or what is my significance? Am I doing things of significance? Like those don't go away necessarily. Um, I think you just have added experience to think about them. Hmm. So for me, like listening to BTS has been in some sense, like posing my questions to my current self a lot mm. um and as a <laughs> I don't know as a mom my son's a fan too he, he was listening a lot to it um I would say that it's interesting also because it what becoming a fan has kind of allowed me to find affinity with people a lot younger than myself I think as you get older it's easy to kind of just make friends within your own kind of age group. So for me, it would be like people in their forties or other moms, right. Or people who are in similar life stages. Um, but since becoming a fan, like I've met a lot of people who are like much younger than me that I probably wouldn't necessarily like upon first glance, assume that I could become friends with them because I don't know. I think it's really easy to just think like, oh, you're a college student. And I'm like a middle-aged <laughs> mom professor, right? Um, but it's been so amazing to me how the shared affinity has just 
allowed me to make friends with people like in all sorts of age groups. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been your experience sharing your passion, like with your family or with your friends, like people that with or that were already in your like circle of social network? It's funny. I think my, my <laughs> girlfriends, when they first found out I was into BTS, they were like, what's going on here? <laughs> they were just like, whoa, why are you so into them? And before becoming ARMY, I was never a fangirl. I mean, I watched stuff, but I don't think I've been a fan the way that I'm a fan of BTS. But I think, you know, as I mentioned before, if you get to know them, then you would understand, and you knew me, then you would understand why I like them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, there's just so much to engage with. And it's just fun. It's really, really fun. And I think... I was also at a point in my life where, you know, as an adult, so much of what you do is like responsibility, right? Like it's about responsibility or self-improvement, right? Like it's, (laughs) and it felt like this was something that was purely fun, purely just pleasure and something Mm -hmm. to enjoy. And I think, you know, during pandemic, during pandemic living, like, I think a lot of us wanted something like that, (laughs) you know, something that's just that's just purely fun. And that was wholesome too, you know, and positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not same. I had the same experience. It was just fun to explore something mm-hmm. new. Yeah. Um, that you just, it's just like a whole nother world. Yes. You can kind of interact with, and there's so, yeah. different, so many different mediums. Yeah. Um, whether that's with the band itself or with the fans or just kind of it's, it's world building in some sense. Yeah. 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 No, there's the music, there's dance, there's the visuals. And um the Run BTS episodes were so fun. So fun. <laughs> Their travels, right? There's just so much to yeah. uh engage with. Yeah. yeah. And then also getting to know the fandom, like you said, like getting to know other people and and like that sh- the shared communal experience of like everyone waiting for the dynamite music video to drop. Right. Like <laughs> I didn't I mean, I experienced glimpses of that, but not to the same degree, I think, before. Definitely. So if you could imagine, like imagine yourself when you were 12 or, or like <laughs> you moved to, to California, you know, when you moved or imagine yourself in college. Like, do you think you're and imagine you discover BTS in that stage of your life? Do you think do you, if you could choose? Oh, this is an interesting question. If you could choose a different like state, like time in your life to discover BTS, would you choose another time? Like, and do you think your experience would be different? I really wish I discovered them earlier, to be honest. (laughs) She's a true fan. No, I say this all the time. Like, what was I doing with my life? (laughs) Discovering BTS, like, so important. I'm like, okay, fine. I was like, you know, working, getting my PhD. I got married. All this. Just like, <laughs> no big deal. I'm like, what was so important? <laughs> what was so important? I was having kids. Like, <laughs> right? Why wasn't I fan girl earlier? No. Um, it's it, it. I think it is true. Like people always say you find BTS when you, you know, when it's the right time for you. And I think prior to 2020, I mean, I was just too busy. You know, I was, I was really busy working and, and being a mom and, 
um, yeah, like I had a busy and really full life. And like I said, I was aware of them, but I just, you know, it was just kind of flitted in and out of my consciousness. And I think it was because of the pandemic, because we were at home that I finally was like, huh, this is interesting. I'll give it some time and attention. And then I got sucked right in. And, and then I discovered like this whole new world that was fun. Um, and it, in many ways has kind of enlivened my like academic life too. I actually wrote like a conference paper on BTS. Yes, you <laughs> I did. presented it at an online conference last year. Like I've never done anything like that before. Um, I don't work in like media studies at all, but it was like a whole new thing and it was really fun, you know, to explore and learn. And so I would say that it's definitely like even enlivened um, my academic life in some ways. Apart from your academic life, are there other areas where you find, you know, habits or new hobbies have changed just through discovering BTS? Maybe you're like oh, more on Twitter or something. Or <laughs> yeah, I know. I I'm telling you, it's like made me learn about so many social platforms. media. Right? Yes, like I never was on Twitter before. I didn't know about Twitter. Exactly. Um, I was I was on Spotify before, but I joined premium for BTS. Okay. I, I learned about SoundCloud. Like I didn't know about any of these things. Okay. Right. So like I, I listened to their songs on SoundCloud. Um, I learned so much more about the music industry than I ever would have imagined. Wow, like I yeah. learned about charting and streaming. And okay. um, I even watched a lecture by a sound mixer who like he mixed sound for BTS and I learned all about that because I was so curious, you know, like, I love that. I just learned a lot of stuff and it was like super fascinating and interesting. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, I thought it was interesting. Just, uh, you know, the fact that maybe you've only known BTS for two years or so. Yeah, almost two years. Almost two years. Two years. Your birthday. Um, and I, I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, who don't know about BTS kind of come out, like come at it with a very, you know, just surface level understanding. And it feels like it's just one dimensional, mm. but when you go deeper into understanding kind of more about the industry, more about the lyrics, just so many things you, you find, especially with BTS's kind of brand and music and story, it's so complex and mm -hmm. multidimensional. And I think that's what's wonderful about, you know, the art um, it, of BTS that it can, uh, yeah, I think it reflects in some ways, uh, like how complex we are, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what stage of life, like we can all relate to just the complexity of our experiences. And, yeah. um, and I thought that was, that was interesting because I feel like, you know, everyone has different reasons why they like or they don't like bts but um there is definitely that aspect of like you know it's it there's a lot you know to discover um and a lot that they bring um, and i don't like i want to be clear like i think it's fine to just like them just because you only like they're dancing right or if you like some people don't even read the lyrics like i think there's like lots of ways in which you can engage with them but, you know, I was telling my friends, like, if you know me and I like to analyze things, I like to like unpack things. I like to 
really go deep and like uncover paradoxes and I like to learn. And so when I encountered BTS, like as you dig deeper, you realize like this is art, right? So I think very quickly I realized, or maybe not very quickly, but when I realized like what I was doing with them is like what I do when I teach my students how to analyze a poem, right? You look yeah. at context, you're comparing words, you look at translations. It's it's not a different process. And so I think I was just surprised because I didn't expect it to do it for something pop culture. Yeah, in a different you know? language. Yeah, and a different language. And like, it, I, it was just unexpected. But then like, when I took a step back, I'm like, of course, it makes sense, right? And, you know, there are a lot of academics who study popular culture and you know, do this kind of work. I just wasn't one of them. And I was surprised that I was doing it kind of, kind of unconsciously. And then I was like, oh, well, this makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, it, when I tried to tell people, I was like, the reason I'm so drawn to them is because this is like art and mm -hmm. art is powerful and beautiful. And that's why, and it's moving, right? And so that's why you, that's why I got so into them. And I, I think a lot of people couldn't see past the seven Korean men, <laughs> you know, like boy <laughs> band. Pink. They were just like, what is this? Um, but if you can get past that, then you realize right. like, this is actually very beautiful, complex art. Um, and art invites that kind of response, right? It invites that kind of engagement. It makes you reflect on yourself and reflect on the world. Yeah. 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 Wow. I love that. Powerful. Um, <laughs> I can see why Lershig like, and Tiff will talk about you all the time. And they, they, they always say like the conversation can go on forever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like the, it, even though BTS is so well known, there's so many people who still, you know, have no idea what, what BTS is about. we wanted to yeah finish off with like our post interview trivia okay. which is essentially very casual something that you recommend and or something that you don't recommend okay um it could be anything um something i recommend yeah that's not bts okay really, not BTS. <laughs> it, it could be <laughs> uh, let's let's do something not BTS. Okay, okay something that i recommend like a life tip yes kind of thing yes like a life hack i don't know if i have a life hack but i guess a tip that i something i recommend that i'm trying to still embody myself is healthy body healthy mind mm. so how do you how, how have you what's a, what's one thing that you've been trying to do to like implement that I try to exercise several times a week. So I, I try to run a couple times a week. I go to a Pilates studio um, in Pasadena. I've been going since I moved here. So it's been like five or six years. So I try to exercise and try to move my body um, a little bit every day. 
And that's something I wish I did earlier. I didn't really get serious about my exercise until I was in grad school. Awesome. And what's something that you don't recommend? Something that you've tried and you're like, nah, I'm good. I don't recommend. That's a hard one because I tend to, I tend to like to try almost anything. So that I don't recommend. Or it could just be like, you like don't do this habit like maybe try to avoid that or don't i try to avoid a habit this one's always a hard one for people this is a hard one can you give an example <laughs> um maybe like an app that you downloaded that you thought was going to be useful but wasn't or something that you bought that was like that someone maybe recommended you to buy and you're like, nah. Nope. <laughs> uh... Or something like, like for me, I, I usually say, you know, I usually say, I reckon, I don't recommend people like giving out nicknames if you like, you don't know them very well. Mm. Do that to me. <laughs> oh, really? What do they call you? I mean, I just, so this is my rule. I tell people like, I love nicknames, but I have to have, like, I have to have mental memory of you calling me my real name like 10 times like you need okay. to call me by my real name so mm, i know that you're not calling like your me by my nickname because you just don't know what my real name is uh, <laughs> i hate that let's see something that you don't recommend see i i am like totally drawing a blank on this because i mean i feel like the only things i can think like really um kind of commonplace ones like you know don't yeah. ask people about their weight or you know, like those kind of things, right but that's kind of common sense well you know that i guess I like you know what you mean like don't assume people's weight, weight? <laughs> but that seems really gen i don't know um man that's so hey, funny that's good maybe someone needs to hear that maybe <laughs> right uh, I would, ugh, let me think about this one. Maybe it's more kind of like, I, I like that you asked me how to pronounce my name, I guess. So maybe it's, it's a, that's a good practice to ask people, don't assume you know how to mm. pronounce someone's name. Yeah. And it's a good idea. It's actually a, a, a nice, not nice, but it's a good idea to ask someone, yeah, right? Good. It's like showing respect. Yeah, yeah. That is good. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes we see the last name Wang or Wong, and we think, you know, oh, I've seen that multiple times. I know how to pronounce it. But yeah, always ask. Yeah. Lovely. Or to say something like, you could say the name, and, you know, when on the first day of class, when I like read students names for the first time I always ask like am I pronouncing this correctly <laughs> um, please correct me if I'm mispronouncing your name or if you want to be called by another name <laughs> yeah I love it when people ask just ask me it's okay just like but yeah. do people call you by nickname just the first time after they meet you okay this is like a very small minority but it's a minority that I re will remember <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's She's grown up, uh, you know, having a lot of nicknames that she didn't like. So I see. It's a pet peeve. I see. I see. 
Uh, yeah. Maria, thanks so much for being on on the show. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I All can't right. wait for your book. You know, oh. yes. about. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to write a book yeah. about Should BTS. Should we anticipate more conference papers in the future? Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I wrote like a, like a personal reflection piece. Mm. And I got that published. It was like on an online journal. Yes. Nice. And then I gave a conference presentation. I don't think, maybe, not currently. I'm not working on anything currently. I see it as like a because I'm working on other things currently, but if I have the chance, I think I would love to write more um, yeah. on BTS. Do but, you mind if we link that personal reflection? I don't know. Oh, I don't no, know. not at all. Not okay. at all. You can link it. Um, awesome. Yeah, so we'll, so, we'll link it in. Yeah, I would love to write more about them. More more like a hobby, you know? It's just because it's fun to think Should about them. Should always be fun. Should always be Yeah, fun. exactly. Very good. Okay, well, yeah, for the listeners out there, we will link Maria's article. It's 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 fun. It's fun to read, and I think it was written not too long uh, into her discovering. Yes, um, the yes, it's so it was reflecting on when I discovered them and like yeah, yeah, and there I talk about like specific songs and lyrics and whatnot. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> All right, well, you take care. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Now it's time for Eating Sliced Fruits with Lorshing and Gigi, the part of the show where Lorshing and Gigi eat sliced fruits. All right, so today we are having, you're eating pomelos. Yes, pomelos. Should we, what's the actual origin of that name? Girl, I don't know. Because Gigi was like, we should have pomelos because it's Chinese New Year. And I'm like, pomelo is definitely not, what you know, a what? Chinese name. Oh. What's um, the, what's the Chinese word for pomelo? Anyhow. It's, um, it's derived from Dutch pomplamoose, which means. Pomplamoose? Like the band pomplamoose? Well, actually, you know, in French, pomplamousse is um, grapefruit. So it's right. really interesting because hmm. pomelo is and grapefruit are very much the same, although pomelo has historically been used for grapefruit. And in Chinese, the I think it's, I'm probably not getting the, ter- the tone correct, but it's yodzi or something. Yogo. Okay. In, yeah. in Cantonese. I don't know. So Yogo. and 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 it's mm-hmm. there's different types of yao um in Cantonese. Yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, but they all so there's different like pomelo, they're all from the same family. Pomelo, grapefruit and everything. Mm-hmm. Well wh- where did you get yours from? I got off of work, drove to Ranch Nine Nine, and then that's that's where I got mine. Oh you got a you have a oh you have a red one mm-hmm. oh. yeah there was like the regular one and then there was like the pink honey one that was wrapped in a bag like its own Ooh, special bag but then so yeah mine's red it's pretty good was it yeah is so, it sweet mm, yeah oh man I, I love pomelo it's 
Because I looked, checked my fruit list. It's uh -huh. six on my fruit list. Really? Pomelo or grapefruit? Or particularly no, pomelo? pomelo. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're just bigger and sweeter. And oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have the habit of, of buying this. So I'm not even like, I don't, it's not even on my list because I don't even think about it. But if I think about it, well, it's because it's like a 12. <gasps> I, you know what? You never get really good ones here in the U.S. You have to go to Asia, Southeast Asia. That's you do have I to go to Asia. So, I, so my first memories of pomelo, I think, are are either <laughs> are either from our friend Jody So's house. I think I just have a memory of eating there, or when we were in China mm -hmm. as kids. Like I just remember, like, I, yeah, it's like this really faint memory as a very small child trying to eat this thing and then like you know doing the mistake of eating the the skin and like it's, it's, like, it's bitter so... like i hate this and I, I just have a memory of struggling eating it and that's why i didn't like it because it was like such a struggle to eat mm -hmm. oh man i had the best pomelo from malaysia although mm. i've never been to malaysia someone from malaysia came to hong kong a day before or something mm -hmm. brought mm -hmm. um i don't know if that's illegal but um and man but even before i ate it the flavor and the aroma was like whoa crazy and then i had wow it, like, like when you peel it so question <laughs> as this is the sliced fruit podcast do you slice a pomelo is this in a sliced form you do slice it to peel it. Really? I don't slice it. I just use my hands. <laughs> then you're doing it wrong. Really? You use a... Well, you well, use they a... do have slices. What are they called again? Um, what's the... Um, Correct term? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, it's a... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a delightful color, the red ones. Mm. It's not too tart. We're like really getting into this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'll if you it. guys know what the correct term for the little slices of fruit like in, especially like an orange, in, in this case, pomelo, you can let us know. Supreme, you know that term? That's what they call each little slices of no, supreme. When you, when you segment a, a, a citrus fruit, also called segmenting or sectioning, basically when you take out all like the skin. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, that's really off topic. All right. Well, there we go. There's well, I hope our you eat more pomelo. What'd you say? I hope you eat more po pomelo. Yeah, I think so. I think I will. Um, it's just hard to find good ones. I've, I've I yes. get pomelo pretty often. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah. So um, and it's hard to find good ones. So yeah, today's topic is about exercise. 
because it is the new year and people are making new goals and new <laughs> fitness goals. Actually, it's really great. It's I. It's a great way that I've uh, used to talk to my patients. Oh, about really? But is it tr- Do you find do you find your patients have like have New York goals? Like yeah. for for fitness? I can tell that they're here in the office because they're like, you know what, it's a new year, you know, I want to I say this to myself every year, but mm. I'm going to the, I'm going to go finally see the doctor or I'm finally going to do something about my weight or exercise and so um nice. I guess I bring that up because that is why we're talking about it. It is very relevant. Um, mm-hmm. So, Gigi, tell me, well, what have you been doing in terms of exercise this particular year? Well, I've been calling my uh, <laughs> my personal physical therapist <laughs> that I don't pay. <laughs> Her name is Lorshing Shu DPT OCS Fellowship um, pain, science, pain Science Fellow. You're right. It is pain science. Well, good job, Gigi. Um, Doctor Chu. <laughs> that was re- that was so accurate. <laughs> um, it's so funny now that I mentioned that. I was like, yeah, dude. Sometimes, like, I I know I call you and I'm bothering you, but you don't say anything because you're a nine. And I and then at the end, I like be like, but I'll pay you. <laughs> you do that <laughs> all you're the like, time. I don't want your dirty night. Just like, <laughs> just kidding. You're like, I don't want. She's like, I don't want, I don't want you, I don't, what did you say? You're like, I don't want your money. I want you to be self-sufficient. Yeah, I want you to be independent. Sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I've been doing a lot of, of like trying different um exercises um from the beginning of the year, like did hits you know, then realize like, I can't do hit all the time. Then, uh, been more recently trying to incorporate weight training. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, but like being more intentional with it. And then basically you told me, Hey, like if you don't know what to do it, but you want to be intentional and you want to get ideas, do like CrossFit wads, which are workout of the day for the first time I searched it up today. Nice. Nice. And I'm supposedly going to go. <laughs> maybe later tonight oh wow yeah. uh, what, can we'll you see. tell me what the, what's the wad what's the wad of the day wad of the- well today's wad was pretty i mean they're pretty basic mm-hmm. it's like four rounds of uh row, rowing three minutes mm-hmm. of rowing and mm-hmm. one minute of um oh gosh what are they called medium pull-ups like okay. not medium, yeah sorry, what I, I totally missed that it's not it's called, oh, it starts with the M. Moderate? Um, no, it's like, um, what was it? It is muscle ups. That's what it is. Uh-huh, I, I didn't uh-huh. really know what that was. So I, I think I'm just going to do some, like, uh tricep dips or something i don't know sure, sure. kind of in a um, moderate uh, like a alternative version or something yeah but i like it so i mean i only did it once two days ago but it's nice it's nice to have muscles and then, job, <laughs> and then you told me to like eat protein <laughs> like that so that day i like scarfed down a lot of chicken 
<laughs> nice. Gigi, tofu. Gigi's trying to get what is it? Ripped. Ripped. Bulk. Yoked. Yoked. That's the word. Yoked. What about you? What are your exercise goals? I know you like were running or something. Kind of, yeah. So in December, I uh, signed up for a 5K, it, uh, the Rose Bowl 5K, and I, I just I just needed to exercise for something, like just to have a goal of like training, like because like for like for me, I know like the exercise, like I know you know if you if. I know all the exercises, like, but I, I don't, everything. I know everything. I know the body well, but I just don't have like a particular goal to like, why would I do these exercises? You know, like I need like something very mm -hmm. tangible, like, oh, totally. like it's just something to achieve with my body, you know? Um, it's all about what you want and then figuring out why you want it. Yeah. Or just like, I just don't want to exercise to exercise or just to be healthy, even though those are very valid reasons. And I tell this to my patients, but at least what motivates me currently right now is like trying to achieve something. And so I was like, Oh, I can do a 5k. Some of my friends were talking about it. So I signed up for it and it was nice. It was like, okay. Like it made me think about like, how do I design a training program? What are the things I know I need to work on? Like in terms of my, my abilities and like okay so it was kind of fun to kind of have that cognitive component of training mm -hmm. i didn't train that well but i trained enough to the goal was like to get a decent time and then not to get injured and i felt like i had a decent time that was pretty good compared to my training and i didn't feel at all like winded or mm. like sore the next day so i felt good um, but it was really fun. It was fun. I didn't realize how big this 5k was. It was like a thousand people mm. running. Mm. Um, but that was fun. That was, so that was my exercise of the month of January and a little bit of December. But now that the 5k is over, I'm like, I don't really love more running. Like yeah. maybe I'll do another 5k, but I think I need to find something else. Running is not like the thing. Hmm. That's yeah. always an interesting question um with any goals like what motivates you and um what what do you really want you know yeah so even like yesterday I was looking up like but I've been saying this but like I, yesterday I was looking up like basketball leagues um in the area mm. and I was, I was like oh okay I don't know yeah I, I just like yeah. it just I mean you know my goal yeah, I know what your goal is, but I just want to play basketball. I just want to win. win. <laughs> I just want to like. You want to win. I want to win. Like, I'm you like, want to compete. I want to compete. I want to do like. I want to like utilize my strength and my balance and my agility for something that's like something attainable, like a win. Like I want to combine all those things so I can do a nice layup or I can do a jump shot. You know, like yeah. Yeah, it's just more fun. I'm excited then. Yeah, something what like you might land on. Yeah, because you haven't really been exercising that frequently, or it's not been a routine, right? No, no. Said the yeah. physical therapist. Yes. I know, <laughs> but that's fine. I did work out yesterday. It was good. It felt good. Oh, what did you do? I did a really short circuit thing. Oh, nice. Was it prompted because we talked about it? Mm, no. 
not really. I think I was just feeling stressed a little bit or in my head. So I just like knew I needed to move. Yeah. And I think that's been what I've been really experiencing too. And overarching like last year, I was um, focusing a lot more on like goals that I've set like spiritually and emotionally. And this year, like combining the physical goals and then seeing how that all melds into this whole like uh you know encompasses all this all these goals of like just full health um so it's been fun fun Thanks for listening and joining us in this conversation with our friend Maria Sue Wong as we discuss the joys of finding beauty and connectedness in unexpected places, like in this case, BTS. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep updated with future episodes, be sure to follow and subscribe to Sliced Fruit wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.